0: Welcome back into the Rounding Third Podcast. I'm Nick. We have Harrison with us tonight. How are we doing, buddy?
1: Good. How are we doing, Nick? Did you see the huge news about Shohei this week? Yeah, neither the did huge I.
0: Huge news? Yeah,
1: I, Yeah, neither did I, I. I just
0: posted about it. <laughs> what, did, what was it? At, uh, um, who's that sign up? Side Carissa Thompson. Oh,
1: yeah, oh, yeah
0: right. He, reported, he, re- reporting Shohei yep. is signed with the Montreal Expos. Um, yeah, that joke's been the yep. best report wild so far of the offseason.
1: I, yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, if Shohei went to the Expos, they got a shot.
0: I'm telling you, one-man wrecking <laughs> crew out there. But, <laughs> all right, we'll get into it. Uh, just make sure that you follow and like us on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. All right, leading off tonight, the big news broke that Aaron Nola has started off our free agency, the off-season here. Harrison is one for one. Woo, Good for him. I I got as many
1: right as I thought I would get in total. So I'm out. I'm done.
0: Yep. So Aaron Nola stays in Philly for seven years, 172 million. Um, It's reported that he turned down bigger off. And it kind of seems like it came down the Braves and the Phillies. And kind of what we talked about a little bit last week was, was he going to take, less money to stay in Philly? Or did the Braves need to go in and blow his socks off in order for him to go to a division rival?
1: And it it played out just like we thought it would. I mean, granted, I mean, what is it almost 25 million bucks a year over next seven years isn't jump change. Um, No, you can do a lot with that. But at the same time, I, I think that in some cases for these players, when you look at a guy like Nola, who's been there a while, he knows the city, he knows the ballpark, he knows the players, they got a good thing going, you know, if you're making 25 million bucks a year, does 28 change, change your life more than 25 already does? Like, is it worth going somewhere else and starting over in a new area with a new team and um, not the Braves aren't going to be good or anything. But I do think that there are situations where for these guys, a little bit less money to just stay put where they're comfortable is a good thing. Nola's had a great run there. Good for the Phillies to keep him. Um, He'll definitely be a big piece of that rotation going forward
0: yeah and i mean you know that they're gonna be there to compete year after year after year i mean the core of that team is together for a while um i mean not that going to the braves having a core that will stay together for a while would would be any different but like you said he's come, and the phillies needed to get a starting pitcher so if they lost out on him they would have been in on one big time to back up zach wheeler there and who knows about ranger suarez i mean he came in especially in the postseason his lights out so he just solidifies that rotation even more and the, the phillies might not be done I, there's still some big arms out there to to even solidify that rotation even more so yeah we'll see what happens there
1: yeah I don't, I don't think they're done i mean obviously the the phillies are legit they're they're determined to make a run and get there the braves are the 800 pound gorilla of the national league right now but it's a it's a good starting point. And I just I think about you put a guy like Nola on the Braves had they won that sweepstakes there. Boy, that would have been a huge piece for them. Yeah, the Braves aren't uh, done. The Braves will make a run in all these pitchers. I have to imagine mm-hmm. they'll lay on somebody.
0: I mean, they have to. That was the weakest part of their team last year. And that, that's there at the top. Um, you know, the, the rest of them kind yeah. of were. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. that's a, the, the Braves didn't have a lot of depth.
0: No. Um, Yamamoto officially posted today. So those sweepstakes, he's got 45 days to sign. So there will be something happening um, at some point here.
1: Yep. Yeah. And all indications are this Uh, is going to be wild.
0: Like I said. Yeah. And I mean, it's 45 days, like I said. So you could wait till after the winter meetings. You could wait a little bit to see where Shohei signs. You can get all these offers from these teams rolling in and play them off each other. And, you know, so those sweepstakes are, are going to be crazy, but I think he ends up in pinstripes. That's just my, it's my guess.
1: I mean, it, it's, it's logical. I mean, and for people that don't understand the posting process, I think a lot of people think that a guy gets posted and it's like an auction, whoever pays the most gets him, um, which isn't the case when he's posted it. All it is is saying, is that, is that league saying he's available? If you pay us our fee, you're welcome to negotiate and sign a contract with him. So um, he can pick anywhere he wants to go that makes him an offer. He can take more money, less money, more years, less years. He's in the driver's seat. Um, when Shohei got posted uh, for a while, there it was the Cubs that were the leading team to sign him. And then all of a sudden, the Angels swooped in and got him at the last minute. So these these sometimes can be unpredictable. It can be a bit of a wild ride. Um, and it can take a week, and it can take all 45 days. It's all, it all depends on how they want to play it out and what the level of activity is. Yeah. Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. I mean, I really haven't heard any other rumblings from him other than, like, the two New York teams are on the table, the Mets and the Yankees. That's really all I've kind of heard for Yamamoto. I'm sure there's other teams out there. If we take um, Yoshida's deal from last year for the the Red Sox, right, they had to pay – it was – it was a lot, right? Wasn't it like 20 something million to at least just post Yoshida or to pay yeah. the posting fee? And then they had yep. to pay the contract on top of that. So like really he was like an 80 year, uh, $80 million contract, but with a posting fee, it put him at like 105 or something like that. Um, so that's kind of how. It
1: yeah. So um, Yoshida was, was five years, 90 million. The posting fee was. What was the posting fee? Twenty? Oh no, posting fee was fifteen point three seven five million. Fifteen. Yeah. Okay. So basically, yeah. they paid one hundred and five million dollars for him. Fifteen went to the company, the team he came for came from, as their fee to let him go, and he'll get ninety million over the next five. Yeah. But I've so, for for Yamamoto. Yeah, for Yamamoto, I, I agree. It's been all about. It's been a lot of the Yankees, the Red Sox. After about an hour ago, there's another article out that the Red Sox are the presumed front runner for Yamamoto. Um, it's been all about the Red Sox and Yankees with Yamamoto. There's been really no other talk of other teams that are viewed to be real contenders for him. I don't know why, but
0: yeah. Well, if the Red Sox get him, he'll be two. Food. That was your, that was that, your and pick, and oh, that will, yeah,
1: that'll be a start that we'll never see again.
0: All right. Um, Lance Lynn is going to the Cardinals for one year, 10 million. I mean, doesn't really move the needle much. Lance Lynn gave up the lead league in home runs last year. Um, he's not the pitcher that he was, um, but he's still serviceable, and he'll put just not the dominant pitcher that Lance Lynn once was. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, did you see the, uh, see the article just came out, Nick? Lance no. Lynn gave up another home run.
0: It doesn't surprise me.
1: Um, all right. Well, but the, the scary part is, is that Lance Lynn is one of those valuable guys He's a durable, usually a durable innings eater. He gets outs. He just makes a lot of mistakes and gets hurt a lot because he doesn't. He's not. He not have the same stuff yeah. he used to have. But for 10 million bucks to put him in the four or five slot in your rotation, kudos to the Cardinals. That's not a bad guy to throw at the back right. end of your rotation.
0: Nope, and it's I mean it's chump change, right? 10 million for one year, so that's fine.
1: Yeah, you they could spend 10 million bucks on far worse than Lance Lynn.
0: Yeah. All right. This one um, is a little interesting to me. So Ronaldo Lopez um, got traded on the at the deadline from the Guardians to the Angels. The Angels ended up letting him go, and then the Guardians. Where did Lopez come from before?
1: That's I'm trying. To, went, that's what I'm trying to remember. Where did he start?
0: He was. I don't even remember. He was all over the place. Maybe he was already on the Angels. I don't know. Anyways, on the Angels, went to the Guardians at the deadline. Or they picked him up off waivers, some mess like that. Whatever. That's not the story. The story is the Braves sign him for three years. Hey, and say that they're gonna try to convert him into a starter, possibly. So you got a, a guy under contract for three years, you're gonna try to get him into the rotation. I don't know if this is more of like a Braves desperation to try to get him into the starting rotation because they don't have anyone. Um or what? But it was just like a weird signing, and then they came out and was like, "Yeah, he's going to sit here and pretend like I follow." Yeah, well, and, Lopez.
1: and the Braves, no, and, and so Ronaldo Lopez went from the White Sox to the Angels to the Guardians.
0: White Sox, that's right. Yeah, White Sox, so he's,
1: Angels, he, he, he's been around the American League Central a little bit, but uh, and the Braves came right out and said, you know, that the idea of putting him as a starter does not change our opinion of going after another top end starter with with uh, sunny gray apparent apparently their favorite you know second option behind nola so yeah. i think it's i think lopez gives you depth if you want to stretch him out you can if you want to leave him in the bullpen you can i mean honestly like we've said on this this the last few weeks all these teams should be stockpiling arms even if there's even if there's too many butts for the seat just keep bringing people in because yeah. of that you'll get a person or two that gets hurt Personal 2 doesn't work out and you're going to need if you if you think you're going to travel with 14 15 pitchers whatever the number might be you know and these guys are anywhere these teams are anywhere from like 12 to 15 pitchers you're going to need like 18 or 19 going into spring training so you can whittle it down
0: yep thousand percent um so that's it on free agency so far i'm sure there's been a little bit of you know under the radar signings but none of the big big ones came off except for um Aaron Nola there so uh we'll keep an eye on that as you know news comes on and it usually start let people enjoy their holiday a little bit and then there's a little bit of a buzz between thanksgiving and christmas and then um especially with the winter meetings there coming up so we will keep our eyes peeled all right we'll move on to the awards because we came on monday and they were starting to release some of the rewards um, but we got, we'll start off with the Cy Youngs. We got Garrett Cole and Blake Snell. Kind of no surprise.
1: Zero surprise. I mean, yeah. those, they were the front runners to win it. They had the best odds. You could maybe make a case in the NL that, you know, Snell shouldn't, should have had more competition, but it was, it was his. Although what um, I found fascinating, and you, you and I talked about a little bit is that Blake Snell now sets the record for least innings per start of any Cy Young winner breaking his previous record when he won the, when he won the Cy Young with the Rays. You know, which is the which is the argument that I have against Blake Snell, which is he's a five-inning pitcher. He doesn't make it through the second second trip through through the lineup. He's he tends to deplete the bullpen. He walks a lot of guys. You know, he's got his his ERA and his strikeout numbers are kind of helped by the fact that he is stubborn in his approach and he will not give in to a hitter. He will not take the ground ball out. Uh, And he burns up bullpens because of it, which is why teams have a really tough time winning a lot of games behind him because the bullpen comes in the game a lot earlier.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean... His stuff is
0: nasty. Right, for five innings. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: He's unhittable for five innings, then he's gone.
0: Yep. Um, MVP, also also no debate here, Shohei and Acuna. Um, I just feel so... I'm going to heartedly that Shohei should have won the MVP this year. But we've had this discussion before that it's hard to give a season award to somebody that doesn't finish the season. (laughs) Like it really is. And yeah. And like, I mean, under the same breath, I can't give it to Corey Seager either. He only played 119 games or something like that. So yeah, like, like that much more intriguing. He played 162 games. He was at the top of the lineup, all 162. Then we get into the whole semantics of valuable and outstanding.
1: Um, right. Which has been a battle forever as long as I watch baseball.
0: Right. I And I totally understand that argument, but argument aside, I mean, like it's Shohei Otani. There's just yep. no ands, ifs, about buts about it. And then Ronald Acuna. I mean, the season he had, we've talked about it. He Possibly had one of the best offensive stat-filling seasons we have ever seen. Period, across the board in history.
1: Nothing Uh, he didn't do, just nothing.
0: Stole, hit for power, doubles, glove, arm. I I mean, dude was just—he's—he's it. So
1: it's—it's wild. It's, and I—it's funny because like this is probably the first year in a long time where there was like I felt like there was zero real like excitement around the award because you knew who was getting them like it was a no-brainer it was acuna and it was otani period end of story yeah. like there's no debate there's no argument
0: um managers of the year we got skip schumacher from the marlins and brandon well-deserved hyde from and brandon hyde from the orioles here
1: yeah great choices
0: um so the only i have with this one is tory lavula but didn't even make a three he wasn't even a <laughs> finalist for manager of the year no how how the diamondbacks were well, were figured to finish fourth in that division because craig council
1: because craig council won the central again yeah my bad. i mean come on nick you you know craig council is the greatest manager in the history of baseball and he has to get consideration for yet again not going anywhere in the playoffs
0: that's on me. That's my bad.
1: I just, That's on I don't, I, the, yeah, the, the council thing, I just can't get over. I, I don't, I don't get the love affair with him. I don't get the, the belief that he's this, he's this rock star manager. Is he a good manager? Yeah, he's a good manager. But did that team do anything they weren't supposed to do? No, I think they landed exactly what they're predicted to do. And they once again made a quick exit in the playoffs. And it's just yeah. who they are.
0: Yeah, I just don't understand how he couldn't have been a finalist for that. I mean, obviously Brian Snicker from the the season the Braves had. Um, I like, get Schumacher, the Marlins like no, weren't even.
1: No disrespect to Snicker, but I'm pretty sure my son could have managed that Braves team to 100 wins.
0: Yeah, and he plays across. <laughs>
1: right, right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if you, they should, they really should have like a WAR ranking for managers, like. How many wins above the average Joe manager did you actually create? Because, I mean, I think Snitker is a great manager. He's a great in-game manager. He's great with the players. They all seem to love him and play and play well for him. And he's been great for the organization since they named him manager. But with that lineup, could he really have not stumbled his way to that finishing record? Like, I struggle. When you've, when you've got the best team in the world on paper and you put up the best season in the league that's. I feel like that was kind of a given.
0: I, I agree with you there for sure. Uh, I mean, but there's not much more you can say about Schumacher though, without on his team, no one ever, ever no. expected them to even sniff the playoffs, let alone get in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they got worked in that first series against the Phillies, but,
1: but they were going to matter.
0: Right. I mean, Lavulo still still chosen Schumacher
1: over Lovulo. I was just going to say to me, to me, Schumacher 1000% was the guy to get that award, regardless of who the finalists were. Yeah. I agree with you. Lavulo should have been on that list. You know, Snicker council should not have been, but at the end of the day, it didn't matter who was on that list. Schumacher earned that one. That guy, that guy did what nobody thought could happen. And on top of that, he did it with zero help from his reigning Cy Young winner. Crazy, crazy. Yeah
0: nowhere nowhere to be found this year so and then brandon hyde with the baltimore orioles obviously with their turnaround these past two or three years and what that guy's meant to that organization um to have the orioles where they were this year the best record in the al just absolutely incredible and with the young guys that he has so he's going to be doing something special in that organization to 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 earn that award and i mean I'm all in on that one as well.
1: Yep, 100%. Those, those two managers were absolutely the right choices.
0: Yep. Um, thought this was kind of cool. With um, with Corbin Carroll winning the Rookie of the Year, every franchise now has won a Rookie of the Year, has had a That's Rookie cool. of the Year on their team. So Corbin Carroll for the Diamondbacks. All right. Now cool. let's That's get a, into... It's a cool
1: stat to be able to say everybody's got one.
0: Uh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. We're going to get into the Oakland A's move from Oakland to Vegas. The owners unanimously um, decided that the move could happen. So it is approved by the owners and they're to have their ballpark up and moved and all of that stuff. Um, So, with that being said, their lease in Oakland is up in 2004. So they're going to have like four years on the road in in different ballparks.
1: Yeah. So originally there was some talk about doing something with uh, like a local college or something like that. They're going to go play at or there's going to be like some sort of like temporary addition made to some local ballpark that would allow them to play. But it is it is funny to think that you're going to have such a kind of a big gap between permanent homes.
0: Yeah. And there's talks that they would play possibly some of them at Oracle in San Fran. So they would split some of their home games can, with the Giants.
1: Can, can you imagine like you're you're moving your ball club from one city to the next. You've got no home. So you're floating around playing games at other teams ballparks. <laughs> I like could just see yeah, it weird. seems like it's so backwards.
0: Yeah. Reno Aces there in Nevada. So I think that it sounds like they're gonna play probably a bulk of their home games, and it kind of kind of reminds me of um when the Blue Jays played yep. in Syracuse for the COVID season. Yep. Um, so that's probably there. We'll get more into the A's because it was kind of our poll question um for this week. Um but yeah, just the, the owners voted unanimously to let them move. So
1: which I don't think was any surprise to anybody that they um basically said, yeah, go like, no, I don't think I'm just going to stop that. Cause they realize that's a, like a massive problem to make that team stay in Oakland.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That whole thing's such a mess. I, I think, I think it ultimately will be a good move. I'll actually just pull up the poll question now, since we're on yeah. on this topic. Um, I just simply said, would the move to Vegas ultimately turned the franchise around and we're split right down the middle with a poll. <laughs> I mean, it's 50 50. Yeah. So I half of it. us think yes. Half of us think, no, you're on the yes side, Harrison. Why are you on the Hess side?
1: Cause yes I, side. I believe that the owners, his intention all along was to get out of Oakland. Um, other, other teams have left the area. The it was clear Oakland was never really gonna give him what he wanted. They were never gonna kind of do anything more than they were than they were already doing. So I think for him it was like fine, then I'm gonna bring, you know, you guys on the ballpark. I'm gonna make sure it's empty because I don't care. You know, I've got my money. I will I'm gonna do nothing with this team. I'm gonna let this thing just like die die slowly to allow me to move it. And I think I think once you move to Vegas, I think as the owner of this team, once you move to Vegas, MLB gives you a new lease on life you need to put up or shut up. So they've defended the owner saying that he's in a bad situation. When they move him to Vegas, that excuse goes away. Now he need, now he needs to win. So I think, I think we're going to learn real quick. Was he playing a game to get out of Oakland or does he truly not care? Because all indications are he cares. Like he wants to win. He wants to have a contender. He just didn't want to do it in Oakland. We'll see. But I, I believe when you go to, when you go to Vegas, you have to put up because you cannot go to Vegas with a new franchise and continue to suck.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that aspect, but I don't think the franchise turns around as long as he is in the owner seat. I I don't believe the Oakland A's of his attitude there. Like if he doesn't like something, he's going to go to that extreme to tank the franchise. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the league's one decision away from this guy being like, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to tank this team or like right. something that he doesn't like that Vegas wants him to do. And he's like, no. And then he's like, well, I'll show you. And I'll just tank the franchise again. Like, yeah, it's fair. Like that's, that's why I don't think the direction changes much. Um, I hope, I hope the athletics become competitive again. I mean, it's a 500 ball club. please. I mean, it's painful. Um, yeah. And they well, will get attendance. People will go to Vegas they and will. go to baseball games. Like that's, that's not the issue. Well,
1: the, the, the beauty, the, the beauty with Vegas is almost nobody's from Vegas. Like they're all from somewhere else. So the, the Oakland athletics are going to draw like the Tampa Bay Rays draw. People are going to come to the games to see their hometown team when they travel through. So I, I think, I think one of two things happens here when they move to Vegas. One because the owner is going to own the majority of that ballpark, the value of that organization goes way up. So it might be a good chance for him to sell it, make some money and disappear. Or two, the team is going to get better because he's going to be in a better market with better support to make more money, and therefore can put a better product on the field. So I I don't, it would make zero sense for him to continue to stink in a place where he's got more skin in the game. But it, it would make sense for him to sell it and take the higher value and let somebody else run it if he really wasn't serious. So I think it goes one of two ways. He either, he turns it around and start spending money again and builds a contender or he unloads this thing because he's created more value and he's put it in a better market. So he can, he can walk away
0: because in Oakland,
1: in Oakland, you don't, you don't own the ballpark. You don't own the media. You own none of it. You own the ball club, which without a lease is worth nothing. So, and that's a tough spot to be in as an owner.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, split right down the middle about, you know, does the move change the direction of the franchise? Yes and no. Um, so really interesting there. So,
1: I and, I think that, and I think that it being split 50-50 makes sense. I don't think this owner's proven to anybody that he should get any sort of benefit of the doubt. Just shouldn't.
0: All right. So we're going to do our trivia here. If you are watching and you want to try to answer, you're more than welcome to. Um, We have, and they're just kind of random. There's no theme this week. So good luck to y'all. Okay. What 300 game winner accumulated the exact same amount of wins as he did
1: base hit? Hold on. He won. He had as many hits as wins.
0: Yep. And he had, it's a 300 game winner. So he had the same amount of hits. Wow. As he did wins nope you're on the right team but an older pitcher
1: oh crap all right um feller
0: lefty he's still there like their number one wins for the braves
1: oh um spawn yes warren spawn
0: 363 (laughs) wins 363
1: hits (laughs) that's a cool stat
0: yeah it was really cool (laughs) i was like dang all right should be a question. Number two, who has the most career strikeouts as a hitter?
1: Oh, Chris Davis. No, he <laughs> had him in one season, but not <laughs> Chris Davis. Most career strikeouts as a hitter. Oh, man. Is this a more modern player or older?
0: Um, a little bit older, but not, not crazy older. He's a very well-known name. I have the top three, but just give me the top one if you got Hank Aaron. One. Oddly, the top guys. are oh, left. all lefties. Uh, played for the A's and the Yankees.
1: A's and the Yankees. All right. What was the question again?
0: Who has the most career strikeouts as a hitter?
1: Ah, uh, so uh, Reggie. Yep. Okay. On
0: this list, we've seen this guy. He's a hall. You said player. you got the top three. I do have the top three. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. We've seen this guy. We call him Mr. AL Central. Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey. 2,548. That's a lot of cases. And then, yep. Yeah, and then this guy played for the White Sox and Reds. Would hit absolute moonshot. Home Adam Dunn. A lot of strikeouts.
1: I used to, but, Adam, Adam Dunn hit absolute moonshots like cloud scrapers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was nuts what that
0: guy could do. Absolutely crazy. So. All right here this has happened a couple times in history but i just want you to give me the last the last one that has done this who is the last player to win a world series mvp award for a team he didn't originally
1: oh all right so they won a world series mvp on a team they didn't start the season on yeah uh steve pierce
0: steve pierce nice job 2018 red Sox in
1: 18 he was he he was a savage for about Four days, and that's all it took.
0: Yeah, maybe and three poor, days. And poor David Price looked like he lost the P award, but
1: oh, he sure did. I
0: I think Price Price should have got it. Like Price was lights out during that eighteen. That,
1: that was, was the only wrong. time in his in with the Red Sox, Price was any good. <laughs> was yeah. in that series.
0: Yeah, and I'll never forget the look on his face, man. Oh, he, he was. That
1: he was like shocked and horrified.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. When happened in 1980? Might might give it away.
1: Wait, what was the question?
0: The youngest player to win the oh, AL youngest. MVP award. 1983. Would have been back in
1: '83. Would have been like Eric Davis. Davis was a little bit later than that. I was going to say. I'm, I'm trying to. I, I feel like that was probably too far back from '80. So it, right team. Right team. Come on.
0: Who's the big guy for that team? He's like the number one player for that team ever. Wait, what? Eric Davis for the Orioles.
1: I got, I got nothing. Cal Ripken. Oh, for the Orioles. Oh my goodness. I was thinking yeah, of Orioles. Eric Davis in the national league.
0: No, I said <laughs>
1: AL. Oh, AL. Um, I was thinking national league. <laughs> I well, was like, fail. what are you talking about? no yeah uh, um okay i my mind was in the national league
0: it's all good Cal Ripken jr 1983 was 22 when he won the
1: mvp that's crazy that's crazy young absolutely
0: last one i have with the rangers winning the world series this year there's a new team that has the longest world series drought world championship drought who is it
1: Ooh longest world champ- championship drought so 63 years was the longest so now we got to go back to a team wasn't won since like the 50s
0: this team has been somewhat competitive the last couple years they snuck into the playoffs last year made a run cleveland um, yeah cleveland
1: nice. I, I i thought of them i'm like ah i feel like they were i feel like it was more recent than that but yeah
0: yeah I mean, they should have. They had oh, yeah. teams to get there, and they, they just can't win the championship. So 1948 was their last one. Oh, it's been a while. Yep. And you're
1: right. In the late 90s, they they should have won at least one.
0: It's crazy. At least one. Yeah. All right. So we did the rounding third. We kind of merged that in with the A stuff. So we're going to just head home here. Um and wrap up some other news so kind of free agent kind of not brandon woodruff, not brewers um he had shoulder surgery so i don't think we'll see any action on brandon woodruff here um but the brewers were like thanks like we're just not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna have you on the roster so he is a free agent um and we'll see if he comes back and in, in, at all in 2024
1: yeah. So what? What is his injury? Because I, I I remember him going down, but I don't remember. I didn't think um, he was this missing well, I mean, the whole year.
0: He's going for surgery, so I don't know exactly what what the injury was, but it had to be semi significant if he needed surgery to repair it. So, um, would you, as as a team, as the Red Sox, need starting pitching badly? Would you take a flyer on him, kind of like James Paxton?
1: I was going to say I would do exactly the same Paxton deal. I'll sign you for a, I'll give you a two-year deal at low annual values, knowing that I'm going to pay you for the first year for nothing, um, and uh, and and find a way to secure you and put you into our program to make sure you, you know, when you come back you're ready to go. But he's, he is a really talented guy, Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm looking at it. I don't see like any clear diagnosis of his shoulder, but it sounds like he's got a couple of different shoulder issues going on, um, that are going to require some surgery. So it sounds like it's a lot of shoulder cleanup, but I would definitely take a flyer on him and do like a two year deal, you know, lower, lower annual values. Cause you're going to pay him for one year or nothing and then have him ready to go. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, interesting.
1: I, I don't know what that
0: price tag would look like necessarily yeah. to do that. Um, but I mean, why not?
1: Yeah. So they're saying um, he was projected to make around 12 million bucks in his last year of arbitration. So that's kind of an idea of where, of what he would make next year. Maybe you can get him for two years, 12 million per, realizing you're going to, it's, he's going to make $24 million total and pitch one year. I don't know. I, yeah. I think teams are absolutely going to call and see if there's some way to kind of secure him because he is talented and he's got good stuff. And he would, uh, he's, you know, he's not a, there's not a lot of guys like that floating around. No. Absolutely not.
0: Um Red Sox made a deal um sending uh Luis Urias, um, second base into Seattle. I, I find this an interesting move considering the Red Sox need a second baseman, and Urias seems to fit that mold. Um, unless the Red Sox have other plans at second base, which kind of segues into this is there's been a lot of talk about the Glaber Torres trade with, uh, Alex Verdugo. You have Whit Merrifield out there. Um, you also have Tim Anderson's a free agent and then the Reds have put Jonathan India on the trade block as well. So out of those four, who would you like to see at second base in a Red Sox uniform next year?
1: I mean, if, if I can, if, if I can have him, I want Jonathan India. No, no doubt. No question to me. I want India. The minute they put him on the block, I think every team in baseball went really like, that's a guy that I got to call on. So if I had my choice, I definitely want India. Um, as a backup, I would probably prefer a guy like Merrifield than the others. Cause I'm not sold on Glabor Torres. Um, I think he's a good player. I, just the whole, the whole Yankee thing. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just interested kind of in that whole organization and people that come out of it, but, um, I would love to see Jonathan India in Boston. I
0: I'm with you there. I think India fits like the red Sox culture. The, <laughs> the best Whoops. Out of those four. Um, I think Merrifield does too. And I like the type of player that Whit Merrifield is. Um, but if I had to choose, I would, I would choose India there if I had the four standing in front of me and I could just handpick them. Um, yeah.
1: But so where, where do you stand on Torres? Are you a Glabora fan or no?
0: He's so streaky. That's everybody hard. else in that Yankees, that Yankees lineup. I, I just don't know. <laughs> That's I just don't know what they do. I, if we got him, I wouldn't be like, oh, you know, oh shit. You know what I mean? But I, I wouldn't hate it, but I, it's not my preferred move. Let's
1: put it yeah. that way. Yeah. No, I I think that's fair. I, I really do. I I think Torres is a good ball player. I just don't like, I don't love the fit. Uh, and I don't love, I don't love the play style. Cause you've got, you got a, a guy at shortstop who's the same player in Trevor Story. Yes. Who can be streaky as hell and carry a team for, for two weeks and then disappear for two weeks. Um, and you don't need that. You know, you need. Yeah. You know, you look at a team like the Diamondbacks and you got you had guys in that lineup that hit every day, and that's why that team was so balanced. The Dodgers, you know, same thing, you've got guys in that lineup that are consistently hitting, so you can have a guy or two that are streaky like that, but you can't have your two of your main guys be streaky like that.
0: Yeah, just doesn't work. And that's kind of how the Red Sox lineup is built right now. I mean, other than Rafi, and yeah, Cass has had a really good back half of the season, great back half, they're all streaky as hell, too. Like, they can get on one, and they can go on a tear for two weeks, and then they're not yeah. heard heard from for a month. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I would take the more consistent person there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think that's and that's why I would rather have Merrifield as plan B than Jonathan India, although India has his moments. He can also be a little bit streaky, but he's a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Merrifield is, is the kind of hitter who doesn't necessarily go into a slump. He's not going to hit yeah. the lights out. Um, but right. with his speed and other things that he does, like he can, he can bust out of the slump a lot better than laboratories yeah. can.
0: I agree. All right. Um, this move isn't really about Braves need starting pitching and they still dealt the starting pitcher away. So Kyle Wright goes to the Royals for Jackson Coar. <laughs> so it's just interesting to me that the Braves are looking for starting pitching and then they got rid of him. I don't know exactly what his contract status is right now. Um, But like you said, I I feel like I would want to stockpile arms and spring training. Like, I mean, I get it's not very nice to invite guys to spring training and then sit around and be like, "Um, yeah, bye. But Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, we're going to pay all you guys. Just hang out with us down in Florida.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know like i said not like a huge move of the needle just found it interesting since the braves have pretty much come out and said hey we need starting pitching and then they deal it away so i don't know
1: well and what it what it tells me is that i mean kyle wright was a first round pick of theirs back in 2017 like he's been in the organization from from minute one um yeah. and what it tells me is there's either something in his profile they just don't like and they're just ready to move on which. I don't get that because the guy won was it 21 games last year for you. Um, Or there's something in, you know, maybe in his, in the recovery or in something in in, in his, in his medical file now that they just don't like. And they're going to, they're dumping who a guy who was considered to be a top of the rotation ACE uh, for them potentially for, you know, a bag of balls basically, (laughs) which uh, I don't, I don't get it. I, that's the kind of guy that you would want to give a full off season to let him show up in spring training and see if he, if he can find what he had you know, last for year here. rather like, than just cut the guy loose and be like, well, we're going to give up now. It's just not, not how I do
0: it. With the need on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially right, right. This, the, this is a guy who won was 21 and five for you last year.
0: Yeah. So there's gotta be something behind the scenes that they're, they're not liking or just like you said, there's gotta be something there. That we're not seeing. Yeah.
1: But it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to to cut a guy like that with a high ceiling and say now nah, we're good. Yeah. I don't know.
0: All right. Um, I mean, it's a great move. I mean, the guy was consistent for them. Talk about speed, he's one of the fastest guys in the league. Yeah. Plays a good shortstop. I uh, great guy. So the great, great move. Yeah, guy. that
1: that's a no brainer. He's he's the he's a super utility guy. He can play everywhere. He can play every day for you. Um yeah, you know, we saw him live. The guy can absolutely patrol the infield. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, and then the last thing I have is we're gonna get right into it here. The Hall of Fame ballot is. Oh out. no, it's one of our favorite discussions ever. Um, we ha- there is a big list. Um, I will just read the new candidates, so the ones that are eligible for this year. Um, here we go. We have Jose Batista, Adrian Beltre, Bartolo Colon. Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holliday, Victor Martinez, Joe Mauer, Chase Utley, and David Wright are your new candidates that are eligible this year. Do you see anybody on that new candidate list that could possibly get in this yes, year? Yes,
1: I, I see two guys who can probably get in. Um, I think Beltre. Yep. And I think Joe Mauer.
0: You think Joe Mauer?
1: I think I think Joe Maurer, given what he did at a position that was not known for offense, will give him a shot. Now, I, I don't think he's a I wouldn't First say ballot. Joe Maurer is a slam dunk, like definitely gonna get in, but I could see a case being made for him. I mean, the other the other guys that really should deserve consideration are 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 on the ballot carrying over from prior years, and that's you know, right. Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones, A. Rod, Manny, who aren't going to get on ever because of the whole PED thing. So, yeah, um, I think that's you know we're we're <laughs> so just deaf ears there. But um, and then I think a guy on the fringe still is Todd Helton. Other, otherwise, I don't see anybody mm-hmm. on that list that's legitimately got a shot.
0: Yeah, uh, my the guys that I would like to see get in is Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Adrian Beltre. Those are those are my three that I think. Have to get in out of this list,
1: yeah. I, I think that I, yeah, I would say for me, it's it's Beltray, Andrew Jones, and I would probably take Maurer over Helton. But I think both of them probably deserve serious consideration. And for Maurer, I think it was not only you know, stellar catcher, an offensive force, but it's also what he did for baseball in the time he was there, like he yeah. was he was very much an ambassador of the game. He was, you know, Mr. Minnesota, he he brought that organization back from, you know, kind of falling out of relevancy. And he did a lot of good stuff for the game. Now, does that yeah. does that transfer to the stat sheet? No. Um, but he did a lot. And for, for a while there, for probably four or five years, he was the face of baseball.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I, I mean, Three-time gold gloves, won an MVP, three-time batting title, five silver sluggers, six-time all-star. I mean, yeah. I mean, And a catcher.
1: Like, that's not normal in a catcher. The catcher position.
0: Right. There's no doubt he was the best catcher of that generation right there. For sure. He time. just
1: didn't – he retired too early, and that's the only thing that's going to hold him back is that he just doesn't have enough longevity. Just doesn't. Yeah.
0: What did he got? 13-year career? Yeah, he played yeah, 2004 um, to two thousand eighteen.
1: Yeah, I mean, he only played in he played in eighteen hundred and fifty eight games. Yeah, yeah, it just it, for him it's going to be longevity that hurts. When you look at when you look at what he did while he was while he was on the field, he was clearly one of the best players in baseball, absolutely the best catcher in baseball. But he retired early, and that's going to yeah. hurt him. I mean, three yeah. three batting titles in four years, three batting titles in four years
0: out of the catching position like out I of said. the catching yeah. position
1: but even yeah. that put the catching position aside three batting titles in four years
0: like it is ridiculous
1: it's crazy that just doesn't happen there's a lot to be said for what he did um but i think what's going to hurt him is the fact that he just didn't play long enough
0: yeah i agree um we've talked about this before going back to todd helton like playing in course field definitely like hinders them which is unfortunate because he was such a good hitter him and Larry Walker there for so long um I just I feel out of this it's all PEDs right and that's the era we're getting into it is um yeah so like it, it how Andrew Jones hasn't gotten in yet is beyond me like yes his offensive numbers aren't great but you have two, three, four guys in the Hall of Fame that are in for their defense alone, right? Right. You're, you're telling Ozzie are not. There's there's no chance. You can't sit here and make an argument that Ozzie Smith is in there for his offensive numbers. He's not. Andrew Jones was that kind of defender. He yeah. changed ball ballgames. And, yeah. and, and he hit on top of that.
1: He did, and he hit. He hit well. I mean, there are only there are only three other players that can say they've won ten Gold Glove awards and hit four hundred home runs in their career. Those three other players are Ken Griffey Jr., yeah. Willie Mays, and Mike Schmidt. Those are the only three guys that can claim to have done what he did. And honestly, like, when it comes to defense, Andrew Jones absolutely changed games. He was under. He was camped out underneath fly balls, most center fielders wouldn't get to, like. No. And then he had an absolute hose on top of it. I, I just, to me, Andrew Jones has to get in. And he's getting closer. Like, he's he was at, what, 58 or 59% last year. You know, I think that Andrew Jones and Todd Helton are both close enough where they're going to kind of, they should get over the hump in the next year or two. I think Adrian Beltre is a slam dunk. Um, yeah. That one, to me, is a no-brainer. So I do, th- I do feel like you're going to have three guys from this group get in. It's going to be Beltray. It's going to be Helton. It's going to be Andrew Jones, as they should. And then I'd love to see Joe Maurer get some consideration and potentially get over the hump. I don't know that he will. But other than that, there's nobody else in this list I go, oh, yeah, he's got to be on. He's got to make it. Like, I mean, no. I, I've I've heard people make an, a case for Carlos Beltran. I, I can't do it.
0: Yeah, the thing with Beltran now, unfortunately, that's gonna haunt him yep. is the whole scandal. Um, but I, I'm with you, I believe that Joe Maurer should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not gonna be a first year, no. is what. But Beltran, I think, is yep. a first ballot. He's what he's three hit, yeah, 3,000 hits, 480 yep. home runs, yeah, hit 286. Uh, yeah, he's he's nasty a defender yeah disgusting yeah. i mean there's um, no brainer yeah so those would be my picks this year's helton jones and and but
1: uh, and i think they're great picks those are three guys that have a really legitimate case i'd love to see mauer be on that list too i totally understand if he's not but i do think you finally have a ballot where you're going to get a few guys in yeah and you, um, you could totally make a case for carlos beltran the guy had 2700 plus hits you know, over 400 home runs. There's only five players in MLB history with 400 home runs and 300 steals. Bonds, A-Rod, Willie Mays, Andre Dawson. I mean, he's in pretty select company. He was a very, very good player in his in his day. He played 2,500-plus yes. games. Yep. Like, he is probably Hall of Fame worthy. Uh, but I, I, I agree with you. I think the scandal is going to follow him for a little while.
0: Yeah, he's going to be blackballed, just yep. like all these other guys. So yep. And Chase Utley's in the same...
1: Yeah, and Chase Utley's in the same boat as Joe Mauer. He only played 1900 games, like he's just not going to have a big enough resume. Yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on Tory Hunter?
1: Um he was it at his peak. He was probably the best defensive outfielder in the game and one of the probably 10 best offensive outfielders in the game. Um but I feel like his numbers are just good enough that he's going to stick around, but not good enough that he's going to like break through.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I,
1: I would have no problem if he get if, if you put Torrey Hunt in the hall of fame, I'm not going to be mad about it. If you put Adrian Gonzalez in the hall of fame, I'm going to be mad about it. Yeah. Like that's okay. how I feel. And like yeah. Jose Bautista, love him. He was great for like three seasons and otherwise he was irrelevant. Yeah. Same. And um, and, and then can I just say, how how does Brandon Phillips, and James Shields, and God love him, Victor Martinez, even get on the Hall of Fame ballot? Like, what does it take to qualify? You just have to, like, play a few games?
0: Yeah, I guess. I, I don't really know like, what the the qualifications are to get on the ballot. But
1: I, I don't get it. Like, some of these people I'm looking at going, what are you doing on the ballot? Like, yeah. and, like, yeah. David David Wright. David Wright was a sure-bet Hall of Famer until his career basically came to a complete stop because of that back injury.
0: Yep. Yep. But um, well, like Brandon Matt Holiday. Brandon Phillips, 2000 hits, 211 home runs, hit 275. He only drove in 900 runs, 950 runs. Could lead off. I mean,
1: yeah. I just, I look at, right. I look at some of these and I'm just like, how are you on the ballot? Like, yeah. No, if I this agree. is the hall of, if this is the hall of like pretty good, maybe very good, then yeah, maybe you got a shot, but not the hall of fame. Yeah, I agree. So we'll
0: keep an eye on that. I don't know exactly when that voting comes out. It just got released. So it's probably a few months away. But, yeah, it's
1: still a little ways away. But um, I gotta ask, I gotta ask you, Nick at do we at some point get over the PED hump and start putting guys like a rod and Manny in the Hall of Fame? Do we just get over it? Or does this does this last forever? Like, will we ever see a rod and Manny and McGuire in the Hall of Fame?
0: Bonds when they're all dead.
1: Is that what it's going to take?
0: I Honestly, is that like, when Pete as, Rose goes in? I, honestly, I, I don't think Pete Rose ever will. Un- unfortunately, after, um, after listening to like some other people that have been like involved in baseball, like he's like, like we're, we're done with him, like completely done. Yeah. Um, I think he should personally, just because of what he did on the field. Um, I guess that's why he's also not in the Hall of Fame is because what he did on the field, but um, (laughs) it's weird. But Uh. I don't know. I I have a feeling that if they let Barry Bonds in his lifetime and he's able to speak at the podium, he's not going to hold back.
1: No. Oh, my goodness, no.
0: And that is not – That is not what the hall of fame wants. The hall of fame committee will probably just spontaneously combust. If they have to watch Barry (laughs) bonds, give an acceptance speech to the hall. And I'm not convinced if he's that, I think he's that type of person where if they're like, Hey, we voted you in, we want you in the hall of fame. He might just say, no, I'm good. Thanks. So I, I don't know. I, it, it's, I don't, it, is a, it is an odd question.
1: I, I feel like Bonds but, is a big enough egomaniac. He'd still accept it. But I would love to see a guy go, nah, I'm good. Don't put me in yeah.
0: there. Right. Like, I mean, it is, it's such a hard question. I don't know what the committee's thinking. I would love to spend one afternoon in there sitting with the committee and seeing, just not even putting oh my, my two cents in, just listening to what they say.
1: I would like, love to be a fly on the wall when they sit there and debate these. That would be amazing.
0: I just I don't I don't know. I think he's gonna be like, you know, like the guys that we see that we've never heard of. Um yep. you know, like Steamboat Willie Williams from 1864. Yeah, the veterans
1: committee or whatever comes and pulls. Yeah. Out.
0: And I think that's what's gonna happen is you'll have Barry Bond's grandkids up there <laughs> accepting this accepting the the Hall of Fame induction, you know, in the Which year is- 2056.
1: Which is just such a shame that like his career will be over and he might even long be gone before he gets the kind of recognition he deserves. Yeah, uh,
0: and I've said it before; I'll say it again. If Bud Sealy is in the Hall of Fame right. as we speak, all of those PED guys should be in. No yeah. question in my mind. If it Bud is dumbest,
1: who... no, go
0: ahead. <laughs> it is the dumbest thing that you put the commissioner for that era of baseball in the hall of fame Mm -hmm. and you're not allowing any of the players in it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard of i will die on that hill it is it is the most asinine thing i've ever heard of yeah it's like it's like it's like the roman empire like going under they've lost everything and you would be like you know what julius caesar you're the best dictator of all time like no (laughs) Like that's not how it works. You go down with the ship, dude. That's how it works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You you can't preside over this black eye period of baseball and then be be recognized and honored for it when everybody that was involved in it, other than you, is getting smeared by it.
0: Uh, it is absolutely mind numbingly stupid that he is in the Hall of Fame and none of those players in that era are. Yeah. There's no need for it, to be completely honest.
1: And that no, just tells bananas. me like
0: how. It just tells me how dumb the Hall of Fame actually is. Mm-hmm. Like I love baseball. I I will sit here and talk about baseball for hours and hours and hours, a day, week, month, whatever. But these these people are just stuck up a holes. Yeah, that's all it is. If you're not in Boys Club, you don't get to come to Boys Club. And it's just it's just unreal. Bud Selig should not be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. He saved baseball. Did he by turning it <laughs> turning the cheek? No, all the players turned the cheek for you. And now they're getting they're the scapegoats for it. It's the dumbest thing ever.
1: I hate it. But. Well, yeah, and it's how well and, and I, I know how, but but how is there no blowback on Bud Selig for this whole thing? Like the Mitchell report never even pointed the finger at the league saying they knew anything. They just like the entire league got like this this full blanket immunity exoneration, like, oh, you guys couldn't have known what was going on. And then they basically like plastered and lambasted the players of that of that era who really were playing by the rules that they had at the time. It's it's no different than in the 70s and 80s with the Greenies. You know, the guys taking the amphetamines to get all pumped up for games. And, you know, some of those guys, you know, had kind of black marks on them, but baseball is handing them out. You know, I mean, Bud Seel did everything but stick the needle in the butt of Barry Bonds.
0: And, and he got celebrated it's okay. for it. Right. He got exactly. celebrated it was, for it, it and was all good. else. And like, okay, playing dumb for a minute, if I am the commissioner of the league and I'm sitting in the office and I'm seeing these absolutely genetically modified players stepping out onto my field all of a sudden. Ge-
1: genetically not, modified players.
0: I love that l- line. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> legit. Like oh. You look at the guys and like, the, the early to mid-80s, they yeah. you, they could hide behind a broomstick. Now all of a sudden you got these guys coming out like they're five people wide. Well, you're, you're telling look, me you can't notice that on the field? You're going to be like, at, whoa, something's happening here.
1: Look at rookie season Mark McGuire, Mark McGuire versus yeah. 1998 summer Mark McGuire. Although I will say McGuire hit 49 home runs as a scrawny beanpole in, in Oakland. So right. it wasn't that the power changed. But boy, his body type was not the same in his 30s as it was in his 20s.
0: And it, for any of those players and any one of them, it's just, I mean, Sammy Sosa was the same way. Absolute pole coming up, still yeah. had some pop, but yeah. he got to Chicago and he was just like, yeah. like, I just, how did you not notice that if I'm in the front office and I'm going to just a regular MLB game, you know, you got guys that look like Pedro Martinez out there. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's five 11. Okay. Um. How is Mark McGuire six six three twenty and not an ounce of fat on him? Like, right. you're telling me you didn't notice that? And yeah, as the commissioner, and, you're down on the field with these guys. You
1: see how big they are. Well, and it was celebrated. You remember the cover with Nomar on it? Oh yeah. I mean, it was absolutely. celebrated around baseball. Like, look at how big, look at how strong and and big these guys are. They're giants. And baseball for a hundred years before that was played by a bunch of uh skinny guys that ran fast. Like the, right. the game changed right in front of our eyes. And were there guys that hit home runs before that? Absolutely there were. There were always that handful of guys that would hit 40 plus home runs a year. And they just, right. either they were bigger guys or they just had that swing. Yeah. But then you all of a sudden, all of a sudden you had shortstops that were that were, were built like linebackers. And you're like, this doesn't seem right. But that was, the, that was how the game was played. But it's mind boggling to me how that's where uh, we're at still yeah so to go back to
0: your original question after i went on my little tirade there i i don't think in our lifetime we'll see them get in the hall which is absolutely unfortunate because as much as i hate alex rodriguez he belongs in there as much you know like yeah all those guys put up gaudy numbers and they were all doing it against other guys. It's the era of baseball it was in at that moment. And as soon as you started letting some of these guys in, like love Pudge Rodriguez, but you can't tell me that he wasn't, you have Jeff Bagwell in there. You can't tell me he wasn't, I mean, any of the guys that you let in that played during the mid to late nineties, early two thousands that are in the hall of fame thing at some point in their career, that is illegal now and Highly likely. You just can't. You just can't celebrate the commissioner for saving baseball when those were the guys that legit saved baseball.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, I totally agree. My my hope is when you get these baseball lifers out of the main office, because remember, Manfred was the guy that actually basically presided over the '94 strike when he worked for Bud Selig. So he's still he's going to protect his his old boss and his buddy when you finally turn that main office over and get those lifers that were together during all this out, my hope is that smarter people step in and go, this is dumb. Like, why are we still doing this? But until you get a guy like Manfred out of the office and actually turn that whole thing off over and start new with new people, new thinking, new blood, I I think we're going to be stuck with this. My hope is that somebody's going to come in down the road and just go, this is dumb. Let's fix it and take care of it. But I, and if they don't to your point you're right this is going to drag on forever and these guys may never get in for yeah. really a stupid reason because uh, they were yeah. pl- they were playing against pitchers who were also juiced up andy pettit with hgh like there were pitchers on that list too bartolo colon with all that body fat i mean he was just like dealing cuz he had all that momentum behind him right um, these pitchers these these pitchers were jacked up too
0: yeah, and still able to put up the numbers they did. So, I don't yeah. know. I I believe that they should all get in. If you want to put an asterisk next to them, you want to underline them or label them however you want. Or even say, on their plaque, like some of the plaques say, you know, during the golden era of baseball, so-and-so hit this, during this. You could, during the steroid era of baseball, Barry Bonds hit, you know what I mean? Like, ways that you can still celebrate the careers that these guys had um and still put them kind of like in a shoebox i guess is what i'm saying
1: yeah you can kind of asterisk it in the way and just say you know you know you can you know this player played in the steroid era this player played in the you know ped or whatever whatever you want to call it you can footnote the fact that like hey he put up great numbers in an era where they were doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing but they all were yeah I would even accept that we're just ignoring these guys. Exactly. But the
0: commissioner's in, so that's all that matters. So
1: Yeah. Bud Selig's plaque picture should be a picture of him smiling, holding up a needle. Legit. That's what it was. That era was all about, after the 94 strike, baseball was dying. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's amazing how four years later, they had that home run race in 98. Just perfectly timed to bring baseball back.
0: Yeah. Weird Mm -hmm. how that happens. I
1: know. Strange.
0: Money speaks. Money talks. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, Do well. you have anything else tonight before we wrap it up?
1: Uh no. No, I've got nothing else tonight. It's been okay. it's been a bit of a quiet week, but uh the winter meetings are what, December third through the sixth, and that's usually when things okay. heat up. So I think we're yes. Get to the holiday. I think you're right. Get to the holiday. Another week or so of maybe some quieter moves, then I think stuff will start to explode. But everybody's waiting for that Otani shoe to drop. That's going to dictate the whole rest of the offseason.
0: Dude, I don't – I'm trying to, like, play in my head what that's even going to look like when he, like, signs. Like, the internet's going to break. Like, Oh, my goodness. It was almost like Aaron Judge last year. When like the San Francisco giants yeah. signed him and then they didn't sign him because it was a false report and like, yeah, it's gonna, um, I can't, I, yeah. I hope he does sign soon because then teams are really going to go after these free agents and it's going to be crazy fun to watch where these guys decide to go. There totally. is a rumor. Have you heard the, the latest rumor? I've read it that the Dodgers are the front runners for Otani, right? Yep. and they're also possibly looking at. You would have.
1: Yeah, I, I heard that. I heard that. Mike Tr- and Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that the Trout trade talks have picked up again. Apparently, the Phillies have called and asked about Mike Trout. Um, I mean, obviously. I mean, it's an, but at the same time, like they could actually find a home for him. Um, but I, I've heard like the the idea of Trout being traded is back up on the table. Which that, but yeah, you're right. Could you imagine? Putting, just moving Otani and Trout up the highway to the Dodgers. No, I mean it works so well in Anaheim. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll work better in Los Angeles. I don't know. Dude, I
0: can't. I can't imagine what that lineup would look like (laughs) if Betts and Freeman are getting in front of, getting on base in front of those two. Dude, they're putting up ten runs behind them. Yeah, they're putting up ten runs a game just in those top four.
1: Oh yeah, every every single night it's going to be three nothing after one. I guess <laughs> there's nothing you can do there.
0: Dude, you got arguably the top four players in baseball sitting in the time. Imagine that. Yeah.
1: Then they should have the <sighs> hell of a All trade right. for Soto throw him in there too. And
0: yeah. yeah. Although
1: everybody, everybody's under the impression that the Dodgers didn't do much last off season planning to go nuts this off season. Well, so this is the Here time to go. see if that was really the plan or not. Because if they they land Otani, you know they're going to go make some other moves. And, and people are going to call wanting to come there.
0: God, please no. No. Just the Dodgers. Just those those two. Please. I know. No. I'm so
1: done with the Dodgers. I'm done with the Dodgers. I've, uh, I've had enough. So yeah. I mean, it's all right. Dave Roberts will throw a bullpen game in there, and they'll lose in the wild card again. But
0: And he'll still win manager of the year. <laughs> but uh, anyways.
1: <laughs> At least get consideration. He and yeah. Craig Council. For sure. Automatics. That's terrible.
0: Actually, here's peeled for the news. Um, we're expecting it to be quiet. I'm saying that in the hopes that it's not quiet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please. This, this week usually tends to be a little bit quiet with uh, the Thanksgiving coming up. Um, and then it will pick up, like Harrison said, around the winter meetings, which is the week after that. So yeah. um we will definitely be keep your eyes on the page. Uh, we'll be posting updates and all of that stuff. Um, So, yeah, thanks for watching. Uh, Make sure you like subscribe on Facebook. Uh, You can subscribe on YouTube Can also listen on Spotify and Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving and we'll see you next Monday at 8 p.m. Yeah.
1: Have a great turkey day. See ya.
0: Gobble gobble.